This is AutoLine This Week, the show that gets you inside the global automotive industry. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode. Hi, I'm John McElroy, and thanks for joining us on AutoLine This Week. As you all know, the automotive industry is under pressure to really clean up its cars. That's why we're seeing such a big move into electrification. That's not what today's talk is about. It's other ways of making cars more environmentally friendly and sustainable. We're going to be talking about manufacturing cars with biomaterials. And joining me for today's discussion are Dr. Mohini Sain. He's the director of the Center for Biocomposites and Biomaterials Processing at the University of Toronto. And Dr. Hamdi Khalil is the Global Senior Technical Director for Research and Development at Woodbridge, the supplier. And I want to thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Dr. Sain, let me start with you. And just to get the conversation going, you deal with biocomposites and biomaterials. What the heck are biomaterials? Well, basically, they are derived from forest or agricultural resources. So they are, you can uh, generate the crops within a time period, which is either annually or within 10 or 20 years time period if it is a forest. So naturally, this is sustainable resource and it has a minimum uh, sort of an effect on the environment and, and also on the, if it's a water and any air. So that's why it is a sustainable raw material to start with. Oh, and I want to get into more details of what kinds of bio plants are, are ideal for that. But uh, Dr. Khalil, uh, Woodbridge, very famous for all the foam that it makes, largely goes into seeding and other parts of the car. But same thing, are you able to use bio foam? Uh, first of all, thank you for the invitation. And it's a good opportunity to participate in this uh, exciting session. Uh, I just want to make one correction when we say biofoam, uh, actually the foam contains biomaterial. Biofoam implies that the main material is biomaterial, which is not the case. The biomaterial that, that we are using is used as an additive, as a certain percentage of, of the foam itself. And we have, as a company, actually pioneered the inclusion of uh, biomaterials as defined by Dr. Sain uh, into the manufacturing of uh, the uh, interior parts of for the automotive industry. We introduced this material in 1995 uh, prior uh, to it becoming fashionable. And uh, we have successfully have now, by now, millions and millions of cars on the highway and the speedways of both Canada and the United States and globally that contains certain percentage of renewable, sustainable material. It's not just renewable, but also sustainable materials. Mm -hmm. Dr. Zane, uh, is it uh, fashionable now? How much interest is there on the part of the automotive industry for biomaterials? Well, I, I tell you, uh, irrespective of the OEMs, whether it is Ford or General Motors, I, I think overall there's a global uh, awareness in the last uh, five years because of the climate change. You know, I mean, we have a climate change protocol ratified in Paris. Everybody looking at how to comply to the regulations of the emissions. So therefore, 
having this renewable carbon in, in car as much as possible is not only become a fashion, but also it's become a reality of giving these automotive industries a some sort of tool uh, to reduce the emission and also use it as a carbon storage uh, and, and get the credit for that. So it has two, two springs. One is, is the credit they can get as a, as, a, as, a, as a renewable carbon material. And at the same time, you know, it is green. Uh, which has a definitely a, a perception out there that it, it's good and it's, it's social good, it's economic good and environmental good. Dr. Kalia, you, you say 1995 you first came out with this material. Yes. What took so long for it to catch on? Was it cost? Was it uh, doubts whether the material would be durable enough for automotive applications or, or why did it take so long? Well, I would say, I would say it's acceptance. Acceptance, the automotive industry although very, very progressive and uh, one of the most advanced technologically, but they are very conservative. Uh, when they introduce new material, it takes a very long time to qualify and it requires uh, more data and working with the OEMs firsthand uh, until they feel comfortable that you uh, eliminate the myth of, of using, for example, natural resource into automotive seating because the level of uh, uh, know-how and the level of awareness is not as high as uh, on our side where we have invested significant amount of time harnessing the renewable material and making products that can be introduced without sacrificing the performance. This is very important because it is not a matter of introducing biomaterial, but to introduce the biomaterial and maintain meeting the specifications, which is very, very rigid when it comes to the automotive industry as it relates to safety, as it relates to durability, as it relates to every aspect. I just want to add to what Professor Mohini said that, that it is, it is now desirable by all OEMs to have renewable content in their products. And they strive to increase this percentage of renewable content in the product. Let it be a composite or individual products uh, or, or the likes. But one has to emphasize that nobody, and I mean nobody, will pay for green or sustainable or renewable. So it becomes the challenge of people like ourselves, manufacturer of parts, and the academician like Dr. Mohini to find ways by which we can we can create these materials, extract them economically, and introduce them without increasing the cost. That's very, very important. Very important to be understood. And we, uh, uh, in, in, in our world, accepted that challenge from the OEMs. So they put the ball in our court to provide the renewable content uh, over the last few years. So where do you stand from a cost standpoint now? Are you competitive with uh, petroleum-based materials? We, we, we are competitive with petroleum-based materials. And sometimes we are at either at par with it uh, or we create advantages that 
cannot be obtained by the petroleum material that the customer is willing to pay for. Hmm. If we can uh, introduce a new property or modify a new property or uh, solve chronic problems by using renewable materials. And that's that's very, very, very important for us. Dr. Saint, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want to add to that, uh, the, where the, the technology is moving, we are working with Ford, uh, and the leader, Dr. Jimmy Jong, and, and, and uh, Farouk, and, and, and Virat. So what we are seeing that if you bring more functionality in a single part system, uh, so you can get uh, more cost effectiveness, so you can sell a product at the same time, it's not in lightweight. Uh, if it is a, is a good NVH, that means it's a noise and, um, and other type of heat resistance property, which this renewable bringing in as an additional feature, which a fiberglass or other metal cannot do. So that, those features being an inherent part of the selling point and, and at your cost competition become now is not uh, orange to orange, but it has a functionality which gives you more value bringing you renewable. So renewable has this uniqueness, which yes. we are really yeah. uh, nurturing and bringing to the marketplace from the technology standpoint. Yeah, and, and this functionality has to provide an advantage to, to, the, to, to the OEMs. So uh, obviously uh, the OEMs would like to have, uh, okay, not only to uh, advertise and, and 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 be proud of introducing uh, renewable content and green products and uh, addressing the uh, greenhouse effect and all of this. But also we have that advantage by including the the renewable green materials and let it be a function that did not exist or a function that has been enhanced significantly, like comfort, for example. Uh, like NVH, as Dr. Mohinisin uh, mentioned, uh, any of these is is, is very uh, is very important to, uh, to 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 highlight as a side effect. So, Dr. Sain, give us some examples, and I, I think you've got some some components there too. What are the best applications for these biocomposites and biomaterials? Well, I will mean, I will show you one. For example, uh, this is a engine beauty cover, as you can see here, right? So this is actually made from fiberglass in normal way. But here we did not use any fiberglass. We use microfiber from the forest resources and it allows two things. One is it reduces the weight, it increases the green carbon content inside and also it allows much more noise and, uh, and, and vibration resistance. For example, normally you will have this with a foam. You can see that? Yeah. Now, this particular material you can use without even forming application in that. So, inbuilt, it, it can give you a property which will allow you to get less vibration and noise uh, when you are using for uh, engine, engine cover, engine beauty cover, for example. That's a classical example. That, that's a pretty good example, what you're using right there, because it's a large part. It's under the hood, so it's got to stand up to high temperatures, too. That tells me these, these biomaterials are pretty strong. Yeah, so what happened is you have to have a technology here too. You know, I mean, it's not too easy to make a biomaterial is very susceptible, which is very susceptible to temperature, not to be susceptible to high temperature. So the technology here, how you can interact with this biomaterial and biofiber and your plastic so that 
the interface becomes different in terms of their crystallinity, their nature, and increase the temperature resistance. So the key here is the technology at the interface, and that will change the heat resistance properties of this material. So this kind of technology is now available in the marketplace. Yeah. And Dr. Khalil, I, I believe you've got some examples too of seeding foam that uses these biomaterials. Yeah, this is, this is an automotive seat cushion. That's for a driver seat that uh, contains various, various regions. This is for the thigh, here is the butt, and here is the back. And each, each area has specifications to meet and certain properties. And we include materials either derived from plants or derived from lignocellulosic uh, materials uh, from wood in, in order to uh, create this uh, brand of uh, green light that Woodbridge has developed uh, over over the years. And uh, each region contains certain percentage of uh, renewable and sustainable sustainable material to end up with about between 10 to 15% of the total cushion made uh, that contains 15% uh, of renewable materials. And so I, I, and I'm guessing there that the different segments of that foam for the seat has different density. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. You know what, uh, right under your butt, you want firmer density and out by your thighs, you want softer. That's the side. What is the softest? And here is the hardest. So that's that's. Uh, so that's pretty sophisticated that you can come up with different densities with the same molding in different places so with these biomaterials. This is very, very important point. And that takes me to you are not only developing uh, materials that contains green and sustainable materials, you are also developing a process because this is put in a mold. And in order for us to, 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 to have here soft and here is harder and here is more harder, it, it has to be coupled with a process that is that is robotically controlled in order to pour in the mold itself certain formulation for this, another formulation for that, another formulation for that, another formulation on the sides, and those two are not the same. And that is done on a moving line, on a moving line. So the, the, the sophistication of, of the technology allows us really to engineer a cushion of that nature. And, and that's, that's, so, you know, to drive the point, it is not just good to have renewable sustainable material, but also a process by which you can introduce these materials in, 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 the, uh, uh, in the system itself. And we are, as a company, very, very fortunate to be surrounded by significant number of universities uh, in, in Canada that we can harness the, 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 the students that will come out uh, from Canada and use them as a co-op student and develop them internally in order to really engrave in their brains what is it that we're trying to do. 
and 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 the government support us in that and the canadian government support us in that and that's why we have you know r&d established here in toronto that that's that has many many of the canadian talents that's graduated from about 14 universities uh, around around woodbridge so you you have you have plant and you have uh, you have lignocellulose now uh, there are concern, for example, in Asia, uh, they say don't use plant because that interfere with the food, uh, with the food chain, uh, Asia and Europe. While in North America, we have surplus of these materials so we can use it. So we have to adapt the technology in order to satisfy both the North American, the European and, 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 and the Asian, the Asian countries. Uh, without really interfering with the uh, uh, with the food food chain and 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 the benefit of having such a talent pool around us in Canada is is really helping uh, a, a great deal it, go ahead dr sain yeah i can i also add a new technology which we are working with another company green nano composites and and it's a uh, it's a it's a blue can cover here, you know, you can see that uh, this is a hybrid technology. What uh, we we try to find here, uh, it's maximum lightweighting at the same time, uh, biocontent, which is in the nano level. So what we have done in this material, we have used very tiny cellulose from, from forest resources, which is known as nanocellulose, uh, which are very hard to disperse. So very small amount of those nanocellulose being incorporated with recycled and reused carbon fiber. These are not actually very virgin carbon fiber. This is coming out from the other industries and you know, waste. And we combine them and hybridize them with a very unique technology. And now uh, you can have this you know, cam cover, uh, which is very, very light. It's about 40% lighter than the conventional one. And it can also take the color. So we are working with Erin Gainer. We are working with color companies and also with, with food and, and our, our technology uh, uh, group uh, to develop this kind of material for the, for the next generation uh, electrification technology as well. So, so you can see that as we move, how much development is technologically happening and this transfer of technology of this kind of uh, products going to the marketplace not only for the conventional powertrain, but also electrified powertrain will be extremely important uh, for lightweighting, for increasing the carbon content, and also align uh, reduced greenhouse gas emissions. So, so those are different different technology coming into the marketplace, and this is a very exciting time, not only for us, I think for for consumers, uh, for industry, and also for academia who are involved in this kind of research area. That, that's a very sophisticated and complex molding right there. Uh, it would suggest that you could do almost anything. Or are there design constraints that designers and engineers have got to keep in mind when they're using these materials? That's correct. So, so we are working, for example, a, a product we have, we're working with Erin Glena, which is a company. Uh, they sometimes find that a part, a, a part which is sometimes it will be weak, you know, in some, some cases. But you see that? We allow design, design changes, you know, fins in this case. So these fins allows us to have two different type of compositions 
uh, so that we can justify the, the strange performance and functionality in this case. So, so this kind of design is becoming very, very important. Sometimes we are doing hybrid design where we can have a organic shapes compared with the carbon fiber and then biofiber. So embedded in one single system. So these are the design, design criteria which are becoming very, very important. So it is not only the material, but I think more important is, is the design. How you can combine different in single part, different type of places, different components and come up with a unique technology that will give the advantage, not only for the lightweightness, not only for the greenhouse emissions, but also functionality, which is very, very important. So, so these are the new and very transformative changes happening in the automotive and aerospace industry. No, I love what you're talking about. You're hitting all the hot buttons. Make it better, make it lighter, make it cheaper. That's excellent. Functional. Yeah. Dr. Khalil, how recyclable is this, though? I mean, it's great to use these biomaterials, but what about at the end of life? Can they be easily recycled and brought back into the industrial stream? Yeah, usually usually the, uh, uh, the recyclability uh, technology is slightly behind that the development technology. Uh, but with respect to recyclability with the form that, that, that we make, we have been working on uh, technologies for recycling the foam. I would say for the last uh, 10 years or so, we're making some, some progress and my expectations that it will be, it will be, will come to light, which is very, very important within the next, within the next year or two. It's, uh, it's something that uh, we are very, very uh, conscious of. Uh, in the big scheme of us trying to meet the United Nations uh, uh, sustainability development goals as as part of our as part of our mission, and uh, so recyclability is, is 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 very important. On the other hand, there are products that have been already recycled and repurposed uh, with, with with the intent to. Uh, provide ingredients that we can reintroduce in the product that we use. And that is also another avenue, not only through green and sustainable product, but the use of recyclable material and including recyclable content in the product that uh, that we make. I just wanted to complement what uh, uh, Dr. Sain said and show you an example of something like uh, headliner. That's, that's the headliner that you have on the top of your car when you're sitting there. That's the composite. It's a composite and sophisticated, sophisticated material. Currently, what is being used as reinforcing fiber is fiberglass. And fiberglass, in our opinion, it's the next worst thing after asbestos. So we are working with uh, uh, other producers uh, of, of natural fibers, both in Europe and in Canada, as well as in, in the United States, to identify fibers that can be included in this structure as reinforcement in, in, in order to replace fiberglass. And that's a major, major undertaking we, we are uh, pursuing in, in order to eliminate the use of uh, fiberglass in, in, in these products. And we believe 
through the various fibers that Dr. Sain mentioned, uh, uh, we will be able to uh, really make major, major success. And we are realistic, like, like if we can reduce uh, 5% of fibroglass, 10% of fibroglass, 20% over a period of time while maintaining the performance of, of, of the composite that we have, let it be a headliner or let it be a, uh, any other composite. Uh, the progress is being made step by step in order to continue to maintain the specifications that we must meet which is very, very important. Not only the specifications, but the cost, as, as, as well as the, the, the various um, per performance material. There is another angle that's emerging, and we have been really leading this effort for the last 10 years or so, and that is the volatile organic compounds that's being emitted inside the uh, uh, cabinet of the car. This is a major, major undertaking and a major, major problem for all concerns because every, every automotive industry has its own specifications, its own uh, analytical techniques, its own way of analyzing the data, which creates significant problems for people like us as well as the academician. So what we have done, we put together a panel from major automotive manufacturers, major chemical suppliers like BSF, Dow, Huntsman, and, 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 and Covestro, which is Bayer, uh, to, and the producers like Woodbridge uh, uh, and Lear and others to come up with what we call harmonized specifications in, in order to really uh, put together specifications that we could meet without sacrificing uh, the comfort as well as the safety of the passengers. Yeah. We and, know and, and, and I'm afraid we're, we're running down to the very mm -hmm. end here. I'm going to have to cut you off there. I'm sorry. That's okay. But thank you for both of your insights into this use of uh, biomaterials and biocomposites. Very interesting. Thank you. AutoLine This Week partnered with the Consulate General of Canada in Detroit to produce this episode.